When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Holly. Hey, Dave. What's going on? Hi. Wow, that was uh, that was pretty high. <laughs> You're excited to be here. Ha, how are you? We got a new venue. We have a new... I like to change it up. This is pretty good, right? All right. We're at the uh, the Cantos... Uh, Castle? I, I, I assume this is the dinner table? This is the dinner table. Nice. <laughs> Welcome. S- instead of the garage, <laughs> a little class we'll, it up a little. We'll go out to the garage. Can we? I, we can I, go out to the garage. Well, the garage is... Uh, the arcade. Is fi- yeah, the garage is filled with uh, goodies, a lot <laughs> yes, of toys. In fact, why don't we just get to the podcast later and go out to the garage? <laughs> well, maybe we'll do that one day. <laughs> Welcome. Where, where are we? What's going on? What is this? Welcome to What Difference Does It Make? The podcast. Yes, where we talk all things 80s, but mostly music. Is this going to be our new tagline? T- I, I don't know. I just feel compelled to say it. Well, you did. Yeah. We love everything about the 80s. We do. Um, and uh, we grew up listening to KROQ 106.7 in Los Angeles. It was the Rock of the 80s. At, uh, and they still celebrate Rock of the 80s on their HD2 channel. We are currently at what year? We are celebrating 1983 with the 106.7 songs on KROQ from 1983. Yes, um, and we are slowly counting them down in ten song chunks. And uh, right now we're at uh, we're at sixty, and uh, we will won't stop until until uh, we get to enough. enough. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, nineteen seventy nine, I believe. So we won't even talk about that. <laughs> That's it. I think we just did. I okay, a little bit back in nineteen eighty three. As most radio stations did, they had their top. Songs of the year, and because KROQ was a little quirky, they did their 106.7 songs of the year. Now they're not as quirkier. They, um, I don't they, think that's, they weren't as quirky. They're not as quirky uh, now. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with quirkier. <laughs> they are on HD2. Still. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you go on their website, you will see the top 80 of each year. So there were 26.7 songs that were not on the list that were left off the list in order for them to fit in the top 80 of each year. But we like to talk about the songs that were left behind. We like to talk about Jimmy the Hoover and whoever. Wilson. A lot of songs that were lost, uh, are lost through time. And it's kind of fun to, to revisit those songs. And that's kind of why we do that. It's, uh, it's been, it's a fun exercise, actually. We also like to guess which songs were axed from the list. Yes. I will ask Holly. Uh, throughout our countdown, if this song is still on the list or if it has been uh, axed off and forever forgotten until right now when we're discussing the song. <laughs> yes. So there we go. That's, that's it in a nutshell. Do we have a nutshell? Crack. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's count them down, shall we? Shall we, Casey? All right. We start with number 60. 
Yes. Were you a Thompson Twins fan? What's not yeah. to love about the Why? Thompson Twins? You never can answer yes or no. You always, there's always something more complicated about it. No, I mean, it's... <laughs> yes. I love the Thompson Twins. Yes. No Thompsons, no Twins, mm-hmm. no lies. No, no lies. They're going to get you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Their first top 40 hit here. Was it? Yes. And it was their first Before, song to do better in the States than in the UK, where they're from. Interestingly enough, yeah, this song... Uh, made up to 30 on the U.S. charts. However, on the dance charts, mm. it hit number one. How about that? Yeah, I love that. Of course, that's when I started to do my deep dive. And what did you find? I wanted to look at what else, what other songs were number one in 1983 on the dance charts. And I think I'm going to make another Spotify playlist because this this list is phenomenal. What else did you come up with? All I'm right. dying to know. All right. So we started off the year... 1983 on the dance charts. The uh, the song that greeted us was It's Raining Men by the Weather Girls. Hallelujah. Yeah. So that was uh, one week at number one in 1983. Then it went to Lies, two weeks. Yeah. Then for 11 weeks, uh, all cuts off of Thriller. All? All cuts, it says. 11 weeks at, wow. uh, there. Hmm. Um, okay, here's one that's going to surprise you. They spent two weeks two weeks at number one on the dance charts. Greg Kinn's Jeopardy. On the dance charts. On the dance charts. I love in Jeopardy. Pretty amazing. Um, then we go, there's an artist named Retta Hughes, Angel Man. She's a soul singer, musical theater actress. She sang backup on Feel Like Making Love. And feel Like Making Love, like Bad Company? No. I feel like making love to you. You don't? No, don't make it sounds like bad company to no, me. No, no. No, that was, baby, what I think about yeah. you. I feel, <laughs> you know, that was like, Refer Flack was, you know, just, oh. I feel like making love. See, See it's the same a to lot. Me. No, 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 no. Completely different. <laughs> okay. Okay, so so that was uh, that was a hit. Then we had uh, David Bowie's Let's Dance, of course. A good one. Then Irene Cara's Flash Dance. What a feeling. Dot, dot, dot. Not... Not parentheses, but it was. So we're in the year of the ellipsis? This was 83. No. No, this is the year of the parentheses. The parentheses. So, yeah, Flashdance, three weeks. Then we had, um, of course, some of these songs like Let's Dance was on the K-Rock list. Greg Kinn's Jeopardy is on the K-Rock list. The next song, Men Without Hats, The Safety Dance. I can hear it. Spell it out. I'm not going to sing. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So that was um, that was on number one on the dance charts, mm. you know. Mm. So some dance, let's dance, flash dance, safety dance. If it number had dance one. in it, it automatically went to number one on the dance chart. Apparently, <laughs> and then the Human League came along with their parentheses oh. and told you to uh, keep feeling fascination. That. Yes, then there was uh, the song which uh, reminded me of how much I, I it's just a crazy song. The, the band called Freeze. Do you remember Freeze? F R E E E Z I O U and sometimes, sometimes Y. Yes. A E I O U and sometimes Y. They were uh, initially known as one of the UK's main jazz funk bands of the early 80s. Is that true? I would hate to be known as a jazz funk band from the 80s. That sounds horrifying. I don't know. You might be in a class by yourself with that. Uh, jazz funk. Okay. All right, that actually All right. sounds like a really good category. Uh, yeah, and there's there's more. One of your favorites. Yaz, Nobody's Diary, right? I love that song. Yeah, but, and it wasn't on their, uh, this wasn't on K-Rock's list. It's still a great song. It's amazing. Yeah. 
This was their last song, actually. They broke up right after it. This was released. I'm tearing up. Oh, I know, but they're still, you know, well, still Alice have the music. Moye went on to, well, went on for some solo stuff. Yeah. Still went gold in the UK. Yeah, made it up to, it says it peaked at number 69 on the Billboard 200, but... Are we talking about Yaz? Or yeah, Yaz, about, Nobody's yeah. Diary. That was the end of Yaz, but still, it's a good swan song. Then there was this song called by this artist, Slingshot, who did this medley, or actually it was a mashup of Billie Jean, the song Billie Jean, mashed into Do It Again, the Steely Dan song. I do not remember that. Yeah. I don't know. That was number one on the dance charts yeah. for, for a week. It was kind of fun. I don't know if there were, like... Maybe that's the first mashup. I remember that was a thing for a while. But that became a hit. Um, Then we go to Herbie Hancock's Rocket for four weeks. Madonna made her first appearance with Holiday and Lucky Star. Five weeks. Shannon, let the music play. play. Ah, I mean, these are great songs. Get away. Um, The Romantics, Talking in Your Sleep, two weeks. And then, of course, we ended 1983 with Hollow Notes, Say It Isn't So. See, so some. It was a good year. It was a good year for the dance chart too. Indeed, that's why we cut it up in 1983. Maybe we should migrate over to the dance chart. Well, I don't know. I'm sure it's. I think uh, I don't know. Ebbs and flows, ups and downs. Uh, Yeah, it started to move in a different direction. Dance, (laughs) but I think it probably in 82, 81, 82, 83. That was probably like the prime years where it was like K rock and dance kind of uh, melded together. That's pretty funny because you see what number 59 is. I know we're not necessarily ready. I was going to lead right. Yes. I was going (laughs) to lead right into that. Dance, dance, dance. Um, okay. Before we go to the song, by the way, dance, dance, dance. (laughs) Very good. Uh, before we go, we say goodbye to Top of the Twins and Lies, which you really didn't talk too much about. This is absolutely on the top 80. Uh, yes, it is. Number 55 on yeah. the update. Okay. Very good. All right. So lead us into number 59. As long as we're talking dancing, what do you got? The politics of dancing. Yeah. Um, Reflex. Is, yes. Re-flex. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's said that way, though. Yeah, but this, this was not on the, this was not on number one on the dance chart. Made it up to number eight on the dance chart. Oh, very good. Yes. I knew you were going to ask that. So I had it at the ready. Very good. Yeah. So this, uh, this did pretty well as, as well. It peaked at uh, 28. Do you, do you like this song? Um, I like it. I do like it. I don't love it. It, it sounds perfectly fit, uh, perfectly placed in 1983. It, it feels like a Bowie song a little bit. Um, yes. You know, like they're trying to, Emulate. Emulate uh, what David Bowie might sound like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, you're right about that. This was their only album. Oh, yeah? They were a one, yeah. One hit? I, okay. I don't know why that surprised me, but it No, but it's did. a good song, and it kind of um, it fits in with today, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, like the lyrics, if this message understood, we're under pressure, yes, we're counting on you, like what you say is what you do, it's in the papers, it's on your TV news. Oh, the application is just a point of view. Well, you know you can't stop it. When they start to play, you're going to get out of the way. And the politics of dancing. So it's kind of, yeah, getting the message out yeah. there. And, of course, before social media. There used to be a thing called the TV News. I still watch there TV is still, News. There still is the TV. Actually, they are doing the politics of dancing on the TV News. Yeah. There is a lot of that. Yes. Yes, there is. Yeah. So do that's, watch it because we're old. We're in that demographic. Well, yeah. But it's still relevant yeah. lyrically. Yeah. Yes. So it holds up is what you're saying. That is what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. Only one album and this was their only hit. Okay. Only hit. Is it still on the charts? Oh, 
That is a good question. I w- I didn't even anticipate that question. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. This is um, what difference does it make? The podcast. I do not think it's on the list. It is on the list. Okay. Number 54. I could have gone that way too. Understood. <laughs> All right, so you're uh, one for two. All right, so I can still get an A. Yeah, well, you're at 50%, which is not an A. But I, I can. I'm thinking You can? To, sure. Yeah. Okay. It's still a possibility. I need to know that I have something to strive for. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, let's move up the charts to number 58. Hazy Fantasy. Shiny, shiny. Yes. Do you like the song? I have mixed you- feelings about this song. <laughs> what, are your feel- what are your mixed feelings about it? At the time, I thought it was super obnoxious. <laughs> Did you? I feel, I I'm sure you did. And then I, um, and then I was watching the video, and they're like, they remind me of like Dexy's Midnight Runners. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the goofball lead singer, yeah, who I thought was just a goofball. And then I saw Kate Garner, and I fell in love with her. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh my god, this, who is this? <laughs> That's it. That's all I, it took for you. Uh, yeah, you know, listening to it again, I, I think I kind of. Kind of liked it. Is is also very much of the time. There's yes. a little fiddle. You know, both of the both the singers are dreadlock wearing dreadlocks. He had that that uh, boy George thing going too. A little of the boy George. Did you see that thing? Okay. There, there was an interview. Are you talking yeah, about an interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, All yeah. Right, go ahead. What, what what about it? Is there something? Uh, was boy George offended by his look? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the lead singer of Hazy Fantasy. Okay. Right? Wasn't it? His name is Jeremy Healy? Yes. I guess also known as Jeremiah. He said that Boy George stole his look. Oh, yeah? Isn't that how it... Can you own a look? (laughs) I don't think you can own a look, can you? Jeremy Healy accused Boy George of imitating his his look. Yeah. And Boy George later responded, when Jeremy saw my locks, he was livid. Both he and Kim stopped speaking to me. They thought I had stolen their look. Oh. It wasn't their look to steal. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, let's get back to Kate Gardner, who is spectacular. Yes, she is. And it, I, <laughs> it was, yeah, it's you're off in your own I Kate fall, Garner world I right have, now. I have my, my suit tissue, and now I have my Kate Garner. <laughs> oh, you're fixating. I fixate a lot. And so then did you also watch the Who's That Girl video and... Yeah, I saw she was in that. Yeah. Okay, so then I, I went down the Kate Garner rabbit hole. Oh, as do I you do. tell? Wow, you're, you, oh, you had a pretty productive week. Um, it's just, <laughs> I'm pathetic. Um, but anyway, she's a, she's a photographer now. She's, um, she's involved in oh, painting, oh. photography, video. She uh, collaborated with Sinead O'Connor for her uh, Lion and the Cobra album cover. And um, mm. she's photographed Dr. Dre, Angelina Jolie, Kate Blanchett. E.J. Harvey, Bjork, Kate Moss, David Bowie. You know, her photographs have appeared in uh, Harper's Bazaar and W and GQ, you know, all the usual suspects. So, um, yeah, she's very talented. I was looking through her photographs and just uh, amazing. <laughs> I know. Stop it. It's amazing how you comp- accomplish anything. And now all of a sudden I'm <laughs> following her on Hazy Kate. <laughs> that's, is that her Instagram? That's her Twitter account oh, is okay. H-A-Y-S-I Kate. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, head over heels, and it's uh, pathetic. But it's really sweet. <laughs> is it? Sweet. Is yes. it? Or is it more stocky? <laughs> uh, borderline stocky, okay. but as long as you just leave it right, you know, Probably right where it will. is. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I respect all her artwork, and I like her. <laughs> oh, but uh, parroting somebody? Uh, yeah, no, not at all. But, yeah, she, uh, just watching the shiny, shiny video, and um, yeah. she she was a looker. 
She was a looker. <laughs> oh, give, hey, all right, Grandpa. I know. <laughs> she was a cat's meow, I tell you. 23 skidoo. What, what is this? Are we talking about the, the hits of the 20s, of 1920s? <laughs> well, you know, the people from the 30s thought that was the best, best era for music. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, wait, before we get off, uh, uh, before the hazy we leave Hazy Fantasy. Yeah, you still have something. To- <laughs> no, no, I'm just wondering if you remembered the song. I, I Shiny Shiny was the only song I knew of theirs. No, I do remember there. they had this other one. Uh, John Wayne is Big Leggy? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what that means, but I do remember that song. Okay, I was curious. Yeah, so those were their, those were their two hits. And yeah. They, they did okay. And then they moved on. And then you move on, you do other things. Yeah. Good on them. Good on them. That's what we're trying to do here. <laughs> This is what we've moved on to, a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Is Hazy Fantasy Shiny Shiny still on the K-Rock list? Shiny, shiny, bad times behind me. I want to say yes. No chance. But I'm going to say no. No chance. Oh. No chance. What did you say, yes or I'm no? I'm saying no. No chance would be would mean the opposite. Mean it is still on the list. Update. It's on the update at number 53. Well, I suck today. That's all right. You're okay. one for three. All right. All right, so uh, follow Hazy Kate on uh, Twitter. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get Kate Garner into the studio? Yes, yes. I, I think after this, she's going to stay as, I'm going to get a restraining order. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what we've learned. All right, speaking her. of stalking, let's talk about Adam Ant. <laughs> All right, now it's your turn to... Uh, to stalk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Puss in Boots. Do you remember this song? I do. Yeah? Of course, don't you? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's stuck with me a little bit yeah, well, uh, probably, when I played it again. Yeah. You probably weren't as big an Animant fan. No, because that was something for my sister to be into. Yes. This was, you know, from Strip. Like, I didn't need to yes. be any part of that. Oh, that was... <sighs> yeah, looking back, it's a good album. It's a very good album. It's a great album. Okay. <laughs> so, Calm that's, down. It's funny you say that. So, okay. I... And every time Adam Ant now appears in 1983, I'm going to remind you that we are going to, I am going to see him in May with my RE, who also happens to be very excited to see him. Very nice. Yeah. Do you think the drummer from this song will be playing at that show? Do you know who the drummer is on Puss in Boots? I don't. You don't. Who? You ready? Yeah. You ready for your head to explode? I'm holding on. Okay. Your head's going to explode. Okay. Ready? Yes. When you think of drummers from the 80s, who do you think of that are not Canadian? Terry Bozio. Oh, I forgot who I'm talking to. <laughs> Stuart Copeland? No. Keep going. <laughs> but that's a good guess. Huh. Sheila, uh, it's not Sheila E. No? That's, worth it. that's a decent guess. He also had a solo career. Phil he, Collins? Yes. Phil, Phil Collins played on Puss in Boots? Yes, he played the drums on Puss in Boots. How about that? No, I don't think he'll be making an appearance on May 16th when, I, <laughs> when we go to see them. Do you? Um, no, not at all. <laughs> Here's a fun fact I learned about Puss in Boots. Did you watch the video? Uh, not, not when I was doing my research this time. Oh, you did not do good research because you did not go on the Celebrating Cats in Movies and Television <laughs> <laughs> website. Again, which you I had did. more time than me this week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I... Um, all I can see uh, is Antonio Banderas now. No, well, I mean, in the video, <laughs> he, he dresses yeah. up. As, yeah, okay, so he dresses up as a mouse, and there's a uh, a temptress who is able turns into a cat. A temptress. Yes. Is that another word from the twenties? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Holly. 
Anyway, so yes. from this okay. website, I learned that the the actress who's playing the part of the pussycat is Karen Landau, and the cat actor was reportedly named Shabs. So there you Shabs. go. Shabs. Shabs the cat. That's a, that is a fun fact. It is. Shabs is a good name. So next time you have, if you have a cat, in honor of, uh, maybe you should change his name to Shabs. No, then how would, they, how would they come when I called them? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cats are all about that. Shabs, okay. And yeah. Karen Lando is? She turned into the cat. Okay. It's kind of a fairy tale going on. Yeah. If you remember the video, which we, we might post on the website, maybe. <laughs> One day we're going to post webs. We're gonna, we are going to post some videos, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Puss in Boots by Adam Ant from the album Strip. Still relevant because you're going to see him. On is, May 16th. On May 16th. However, is this still on the list? Oh, Keep the- in mind, you are one for three right now. So choose wisely. Okay, there are going to be plenty of Adam Ant songs on the list, I think, or others, if not many. So I do not think Puss in Boots is still on the list. You were putting a lot of thought into that, and that's good because that is correct. This is not on the list. Yes. So, so am I two for four? Two for four. You're back right. to 50%. 50%. <laughs> okay. Hey, did you know that uh, that Adam Ant dated Jamie Lee Curtis and Heather Graham? Not at the same time. Really? Yeah. At least that's the information I have. I don't want to spread that is, any gossip. That's quite a, like Jamie Lee yeah. is how much older than, than Heather Graham? Could be Heather Graham's, probably. So, so he, he aged out of the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis girlfriend. And so he had to move into a younger model, which well, I, we, which all happens. I don't know which was first. We're assuming that Jamie Lee Curtis was first. Of course. Yes. in 19, Are you kidding? Jamie Lee Curtis in 1983? All right. Don't get me started. <laughs> Yes. Going to go down. Oh the- yes, she yes yes. <laughs> That's trading places right there. That's yeah. like I, all right. She's I don't awesome. even you don't even want to go in my head right Your now because can- I'm at, at the trade. I'm at trading places right now, which is not good. And then I'll go to Roller Girl, which is even oh, which is yeah. not same thing. Yeah, yeah. good she- good on Adam, man. Yeah, it's good no to be kidding. a rock star, right? <laughs> it must be. It must be. One day we're going to be rock stars. We should try and. One day. Yeah. How about now? Can I be one now? You want to be a rock star now. But wait, along with being a rock star comes stalkers. And he had a stalker. Oh, much like I'm the stalker like for you're Kate Garner. Like you're Garner, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was three years she tormented him. She actually and, and entered have, his house once st- and left him a cake. Have you stopped, Holly? <laughs> <laughs> what type of cake did you make him? <laughs> it's chocolate. Oh, good. I heard he likes it. <laughs> All right, so good. All I'm right. glad we're both, uh, yeah, we're both, we're both guilty of <laughs> stalking. In case you're wondering who's going to be on the cover of our, our little... Uh, of of uh, Prisoner of po- Magazine. Of po- uh, no, of our pocket. There's always a featured uh, picture. Oh, yes. We're I wonder gonna, who's going to be on the front of this We're going to be fighting between Kate Garner and Adamant. Yeah, yeah probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, Holly, I'm staring at some donuts. Can we take a break and yeah, have some donuts? For sure, for I'm, sure. Let's do that. Okay, but totally. make sure you wash it down so we can understand you when we come back. All right. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back to what difference does it make? <laughs> Welcome back to what difference does it make? That was Dave and his donut. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go. Uh, yeah, we finished all that, right? Yeah, we can we, move we're on. We're done. We're moving on from Adamant. Okay, moving on. From, I'm sorry, we have to move on. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I I hope you have some good info, some good intel on number fifty six, which is toy dolls. Nelly the elephant. Yes. Tell Woo, me something. What a song. <laughs> yes. Um, so this was a, a children's song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of punk bands do this. Like they would take a, you know, a syrupy hit and just kind of speed it up and punk it up. You know, like, oh, let's take this Carpenter song and just, uh, yeah. you know, make it irrelevant because we're punks. And sometimes it worked really well. And it worked well for this band, the Toy Dolls, who I, I guess this was their thing that they, they seemed to do. They did it with not just, I mean, not kid songs, but they did it with a lot of, they did a lot of covers. Yeah. So that was kind of a novelty <laughs> Uh, this one worked actually. It was a hit in the UK, or actually, it wasn't a hit. The original was from 1956, and it was recorded by an English child actress named Mandy Miller. And um, it really wasn't a hit song, but um, it was played a lot on the BBC, and apparently, it uh, kind of struck people's fancy. You know, you you hear that song, and kind of through the yeah. uh, through osmosis, you uh, kind of pick up on on a song that's a childhood favorite, like, you know, not even watching it. You, you seem to know. You hear of, it. Yeah. You, I never officially heard baby shark, but yet I still hear that's <laughs> still in my head. And I think this is one of those songs yeah. where it's just kind of, everyone just seems to know it. Like schoolhouse rock yes. for our generation. Right. Right. Something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, do you know who produced this original song from 1956? Do tell. I will tell you it was George Martin. Really? Yes. Huh. Credit, instant credibility. Six years before he started working with the Beatles. Oh, he produced the original. He didn't produce the punk version? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. that's that's very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a fun little thing. And, um, mm-hmm. and so the Toy Dolls did it and uh, reached number four in the UK. Stayed on the charts for 14 weeks. So good on them. Good on them. I mean, the chorus is just, I don't even want to say the chorus just because it's got a curse word in it, but I'll still say it. You can say it. This is a podcast. You can say it. So it's uh, Nellie the Elephant packed her trunk and said goodbye to the circus. Off she went with a trumpety trump, 
Trump, Trump, Trump. Oh, fuck. <laughs> exactly, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I will edit that out. I'll just Good. put a beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Toy Dolls, Nelly the Elephant was number 56 way back in 1983. Is this song still on the charts? I'm trying to channel my inner Freddy Snakeskin. Well, I guess, yeah, he is the PD of uh, the updated version. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think so. You don't think so. Well, I will tell you. (laughs) You're killing me. All right. Um, It's still on the update. It's still on the updated list. It's number 52. Well, it doesn't surprise me. It wasn't my guess, but it doesn't surprise me. Okay. Well, that puts you at two for five. You're at 40% now. (laughs) All right. All right. Remember, remedial math. Okay. All right. Let's move on up. To uh, 55. this guy? Yeah. Yes, Big Country. Okay, this is number 55, Big Country, Fields of Fire. Fields of Fire from The Crossing. Yeah. Which uh, only went to number 52 here, by the way. That The song. That song. Yes, that song. Yes, I know. They had a big They hit. had two hits. Yes. From that album. This was an album that I bought and I loved and I thought these guys are going to hmm. be Huge. I thought this was good. This was the first of many, 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 many <laughs> song things to come. Yeah. I, because, I mean, this was just a phenomenal record, and I love Fields of Fire. I love the sound of their the guitars. It sounded like bagpipes, and yeah. just ep- it was just epic songs. Yeah. It, it felt like it, it kind of felt like a U2 song, or, you know, like, yeah. U, like I thought U2 and Big Country would be competing against each other. Oh, well. I guess in 1983, that was war. Who knew they were going to be, you know. Right, right. But yeah, they were, uh, uh, big country was big then. Or, you know, what I thought was just the start yeah. of something big. But they, they did also, I think their videos were, were kind of epic. Yeah. You know. Right. Well, the same type of thing, like from U2 and, yeah. and the Alarm, bands like that. Yeah. Like, I really loved that sound. And that attracted me a lot. So I thought, oh my God, these are, these three bands are going to be, this is, I, I need to follow these guys. Big Country kind of comes to a tragic, uh, has a tragic story that Stuart Adamson, who was the the lead singer, had some alcohol problems, uh, and he ended up dying by suicide in 2001. It was tragic. Very sad. And just to kind of cap my point, during the, um, you know, artists kind of uh, write in, or just pay homage to the artists, Mm -hmm. there was one where uh, The Edge said that that Adamson had written the songs that he wished you two had written. So yeah, which kind That's of which makes sense. Pretty yeah. nice tribute. Yeah, big country was they were big. Yeah, they were, they were big. I was I was hoping I, I remember I I, had, I saw them at the Palladium during. Uh, oh, you did. Yeah, he had a good look too. He did. Yeah, they were all just yeah. that, just that guitar sound, just big epic sound, and so I I like that a lot. You know, the song was originally called Four Hundred Miles. Yeah, I think this was yeah before there was Five Hundred Miles. Yeah, there was, you, the Scott before this Scottish duo wrote Five Hundred Miles. There was this. Scottish band that wrote 400 miles. <laughs> Do you know why? Well, they say 400 miles in the song. Yeah. But but do you know why, what oh, the significance is of the 400 miles? Oh, please tell me. Uh, they were taking, so uh, Stuart Adamson and, and Bruce Watson were taking regular trips from Edinburgh to London, and that's the distance between those two cities. Oh, that's, okay. And it's it, that's the chorus, 400 miles without a word until you smile. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Is this song, Fields of Fire by Big Country, is this on the update? I want to say yes because I love the song, but I am going to say yes. And I'm don't, certain don't I'm let, wrong. Don't let my nodding <laughs> throw you don't off. Don't mess with me. Okay, don't mess with your head. Okay, give me your final answer. My final answer is yes. It 
is not God. on the list. Wow, I am All right. blowing it today. Okay. Where are we now? So six, uh, so uh, two, two for six. Two for six? Yeah. Two for so six. I've gotten one third right. Yeah. There you go. See, math. <laughs> Mathier than I thought. Okay. All right. Let's go on to number 54. Which is? A beautiful song by New Order called Blue Monday. Possibly the greatest song of all time. <laughs> oh, listen to you. No, it was, it's, I am, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little upset it was only 54. <laughs> 50, oh, at number 54, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it only got to number 68 here. Yeah, I know, but it's, I mean, when you think about influence and... Oh, I know. And this song, I think it was everything. And longevity, certainly. Yeah, it was... Uh, just amazing. Uh, actually, I looked on YouTube, like the comments. Sometimes, sometimes comments can be cruel, and sometimes they can be funny. Insightful. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they're very insightful. So this, uh, there were two that uh, that made me kind of go, "Yep, yep, yep." What? Tell me. Uh, actually, one made Tell me go, us. "Yep, yep, yep, yep," and one made me kind of chuckle. So the one that <laughs> where I went, uh, where it's it's true, very insightful. This is from Freddie underscore half one hall one freddie underscore hall one mm-hmm. says people in 1980 this makes me want to be in the 2020s <laughs> Pe- people in 2020 this makes me want to go back to the 80s yeah yeah yep 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 yep, 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 yep i yep, can yep. see that wow yeah huh. i don't know if that's a foreshadowing foresight or just, i don't know no that's both in the past and in the future yeah. when you hear this song it's like it still sounds fresh yeah. Yes, it does. It does. I mean, it's just such a brilliant sound and everything is amazing. Um, the other, the one that made me kind of chuckle is uh, from Lesage Williams. Yes. Who said, um, he put in a, uh, a quote saying, the cure says, I don't care if Monday's blue. New order <laughs> says, bet. So there you go. Uh, apparently, this is the the best selling twelve inch single of all time. I believe that easily. Yeah, yeah. To show you how futuristic it is, the uh, the nineteen eighty three edition artwork is designed to resemble a five and a quarter inch floppy disk. <laughs> remember the floppy disk? I vividly remember the floppy disk. <laughs> that was so nineteen eighty three, and we still use it to this day. That's how futuristic they are. Yes. You do, do you? Oh, I do, of course. I'm, I'm very old school. I'm <laughs> do you have a typewriter? I, I, yeah, I should. Hmm. All right, so this made it, uh, this was number one on the UK indie charts. In the UK singles, it was number nine. On the US dance charts, it was number five, which is a, a crime. I don't know why that <laughs> didn't hit number one. And uh, anything yeah. further you got? What else you got for, the, for well, me? I just have one little fun. Please do. Fun, uh, I don't know if it's a fact, but uh, the keyboardist, her name was it was Jillian Gilbert. Still is. Yes, it is. She hasn't <laughs> changed her name. Is it Kate Garner now? Is she on, is she in the band? <laughs> Everything leads back to Kate Garner. <laughs> yeah. No, she she did an interview in 2013. <laughs> she said the song was made possible in part by flatulence. Why are you ruining this for me? <laughs> she said. Uh, she said the synthesizer melody is slightly out of sync with the rhythm, which was an accident. It was her job to program the entire song from beginning to end, which she did manually by inputting every note. So she says he had the sequence all written down on on loads of of paper, 
mm-hmm. all taped together. She said she accidentally left a note out, which skewed the melody. We, she said, we'd bought ourselves an Emulator One, an early sampler, and used it to add snatches of choir-like voices from Craftworks album Radioactivity, as well as recordings of Thunder. Bernard and Stephen had worked out how to use it by spending hours recording farts. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the drummer would do that. I mean, Stephen yeah. Morris, the drummer. That sounds like a drummer thing. Like, but Bernard, come on. See, I have a ton of facts here, but that's the one I. I that's the one my my uh, eyes were drawn to. I understand. It's farts. It's all about the fart. <laughs> Is this song on the updated list? Yes. Okay. Is it at number one where it should be? <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, okay. Yes, this is uh, this is number fifty on the updated list. Okay. Wow, I wouldn't expect it to be that far down. No, well, it was fifty four back then. It's fifty now. Still, yeah. Well, yeah. all right. So that's uh, that gives you three, right? That gives me three. So I'm three for seven. seven. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll get the rest of them. So let's move on to number fifty three. This is. Duran Duran with the reflex, the re, 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 reflex. Why, 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 why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> because it was number one here and in the UK. Why are we including? <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> why want, are we doing I, this? Yeah. You know, by the way, okay. So that, you know, that why, I, 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 that thing. Don't you? Yes. All right. Label hated that. <gasps> really? Hated it. That, Duran Duran wanted to release this as their first single. And the label's like, no, people will not. Whoa. This is going to freak them out, this why, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that, that was not their first single. So they leave it to the label. Yeah, leave it to the label, who always knew. <laughs> um, because this became their first number one song in the US. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. It came out, this, the album came out in, uh, actually, this became number one in 1984 because the album, I guess, K-Rock was ahead of it. They understood the the power of this song. The Seven and the Ragged Tiger came out in November of 83, mm-hmm. and the single uh, was released in 84. I, I think this was the song that I think cemented my... <laughs> Your fandom? <laughs> my fandom. Like, oh, this is a this is really a fun... This is a great song. I really liked it. It was an interesting uh, choice. Yeah, it ended you. up being the number 16 biggest song of 1984, bill, according to Billboard. And it reached number one in both the U.S. and the U.K. Yeah. I, I uh, this is not my favorite Duran Duran song, but oh, I really? do I, I do get it. I get the hit. The uh, did you know that that uh, Niall Rogers did the remix, and that's when they released it as a single. Not surprisingly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Turns turns things into hits. Yeah. He's like uh, yeah, like the cowbell. Um, Bruce Dickinson, who puts his pants on one time, one leg at a time, <laughs> but then when he's uh, after he does that, he makes gold records. It's from like the cowbell <laughs> sketch from SNL. Something you haven't, look you haven't at. memorized that sketch? No. <laughs> no, and I'm going to have to go back and look at it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It was kind of fun. The, the B-side of The Reflex is this song from the UK called Make Me Smile, which I didn't know, and it was uh, a hit in 1975. It was number one in the UK, made it all the way up to 96 in the US, which is probably why I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but apparently, Duran Duran loved it, and they, they did a, a version okay. of this. Erasure's also done a, a song... Uh, version of this song I, I went to the 1975 version it's it's great it's just uh, that's kind of a fun song who is it make me smile by steve harley and cockney rebel hmm yes they're only they're only uh... i don't i don't know i didn't look any further <laughs> uh-huh. 
I wanted to see if Kate Garner was on there, but she didn't. <laughs> she wasn't on there. You were chasing her everywhere. Yeah, I know. It's kind of sad. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, the, the reflex, brilliant. Did I ask you if the reflex is still on this update? It is. It is for sure. It is number 49. Yes. Again, also surprised that it's that far down. Okay. So that is, where are we now? So that was four. Are you four for eight? I am four for eight. Okay. So we're back at so 50%. 50%. Okay. Jeez. Uh, okay. This doesn't get any easier. Oh, it does. I know the other. I know. I know the next two. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yes. The answer may surprise you. <laughs> All right. Um, fifty-two. <laughs> you excited about the number? Yeah, it's the number of song. cards in the deck. Is that why you're excited about fifty-two? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's my gambling nature. I know that about you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Spandau Ballet Lifeline. I. Cannot tell you, I cannot exude enough excitement about this song. Really? <laughs> I love this song. <laughs> yes. Do you? I like it. It's <gasps> fine. It's it's a catchy song. By the way, so we just so we set the record straight, because we seem to be confused the last time, Tony Hadley is the vocalist. Gary Kemp is the songwriter. Yes. Okay. Yes. Are we clear confu- on that now? Yes. Also, <laughs> Tony Hadley in 2017 tweeted out that... Uh, Due to circumstances beyond his control, he was no longer a member of Spandau Ballet. If circumstances go, beyond his control? Yes. Was, that mean he was given the boot? I'm going to assume <laughs> that was what what happened. However, mm-hmm. so if you see Spandau Ballet, you will not see Tony Hadley. Well, that's a bummer. Okay, did, I'll let it you was know. A, it was a great voice. It's a very good yeah. voice. It's still, I'm sure it's still a, an amazing voice. I'm, <laughs> we just won't hear it with Spandau we Ballet. We just will not hear it with Spandau mm-hmm. Ballet. Mm-hmm. Okay, is this on the update? Oh, I, my instinct was to say yes. I want it to be there, so I'm going to channel. I, I'm going to will it onto the list. You're going to will it onto the list. Yeah. Uh, keep it's, keep trying to will because it is not on this list. I'm so disappointed. Well, I'm. I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's going to be any other Spandau Ballet songs. We shall find out coming up soon. Uh, well, not on this episode. All right, so that means you are what is it four for nine? Wow. I do suck. All right. Here we go. Let's see if we can make it to 50%. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I can. Okay. Well, let's just end the uh, the, <laughs> the drama. No? Oh, well. Yeah. Let's just end the drama. Is this on the list? This is The Cures. Let's go to bed. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yes. Yeah. But can you... I, okay. This- so five out of 10. Let's... Uh, so now that... You know, I, I wanted to just end all that drama. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and... and <laughs> And tell me everything you know about this song. <laughs> I love it. Well, and this was from Japanese Whispers, which okay. was actually released in 1982. I don't know why I'm surprised, but it only it went to 109 here and only 44 in the UK. Yeah, this was, well, it was kind of a departure for The Cure at the time. Yes, it they was. They were playing goth, gothy type songs. Yeah. And this was kind of a little upbeat. Kind of a, a little more upbeat than what they played. Yeah. It was kind of like a, a, a different uh, play for them. It was kind of a little pivot for, for the kids. They pivoted, but I followed them. Understand. <laughs> uh, oh, it was a good pivot because, you know, yeah. they, they just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Would you like me to... I, there was a quote that uh, Robert Smith was talking about this song. Can I, can I read it to you? <laughs> yes, please do. It, kind of in relation to what we were talking yeah. about. He said, when I took Let's Go to Bed to Fiction, the record label... And played it to them. It was like silence. They looked at me like, <laughs> this is it? He's really lost it. They said, you can't be serious. Your fans are going to hate it. I understood that, but I wanted to get rid of all that. I didn't want this side of life anymore. I wanted to do something that's really kind of cheerful. 
I thought, this isn't going to work. No one's ever going to buy into this. It's so ludicrous that I'm going to go from goth idol to pop star in three easy lessons. <laughs> and much to his surprise, it became a hit. Yeah. I, I guess trying to take myself back to 1983, maybe I should be more surprised, but I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Well, they, their audience changed. Suddenly they had... Um, Holly Canto oh. says they're fans. It was, well, I was they, a fan before, but I was I was cemented well, as a yeah. fan. It became, as Robert Smith said, suddenly we had young, predominantly female teenage audience. We had, <laughs> he said, actually on the West Coast particularly, we had a young, predominantly female teenage audience. Yeah, that it was went, me. It went from intense, menacing, psychotic goths <laughs> to people with perfect white teeth. It was a very weird transition, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. He, he said they... Um, they he says, we followed it up with The Walk and Love Cats and just felt totally liberated. Yeah. So this was their pivot. Yeah. I, I was all in, obviously. We know this. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I'm glad they took the pivot. I found something interesting about this, which I had no idea. Alternative Station in Boston, WFNX. Yeah. Did, legendary. Like, yeah. Kind of like uh, what KROQ is on the West Coast. There was WFNX. There was, yes. Yes. It, this... This song, Let's Go to Bed, was the first song they played when they signed on in 1983, and it was the last song they aired when they went off the air July 20th, 2012. That's fitting. Yeah. All right. We should uh, do the same with our podcast for this episode. Let's <laughs> we just should go put, out on... Let's just put this to bed, this episode to bed, right after we take our quiz. Oh, our quiz. I thought you were yes. pointing at the donuts. I thought we were going to oh, eat some well, more donuts. Well, donuts are coming up soon. That's why I want to wrap this up. I got the, <laughs> There's donuts awaiting for me. Okay. All right. So uh, are you asking me or am I asking I you? I don't know. You write it in the book, Holly. What do you got? I think I ask you. Here's the problem. I don't remember. See, I told you we were going to have this problem. Yeah. You said you were going to remember. Okay. So you're going to ask me the questions. Okay. Excellent. Let's get started, shall we? Let's get started. Let's go crazy. All right. So this is quiz 13. Maybe I can redeem myself. Was I six Probably not. I see a lot of years on this. So Crap. All right. Are you ready? Ready, Freddy. All right. Here we go. In which year was the Lionel Richie album Can't Slow Down released? 83, 85, 87. 85. That is incorrect. 83. Okay. 0 for 1. <laughs> Who had success in 1985 with the song Alive and Kicking? Simple Minds. Very good. Okay. Thank you. One for two. One for two. Which song by Lionel Richie begins with the lines, What is happening here? Something is going on. Running with the night? All night long? Dancing on the ceiling? All night long? That is incorrect. <laughs> You're dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> you can see that I'm not a huge Lionel Richie you fan. You should be. I know I should be. And I hear he puts on a fantastic show. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're always in and Vegas. I, He's in Vegas. I know. Um, oh. Get to it. <laughs> when I start going to see shows in Vegas, he'll, he'll be the first after Britney. You go to. And Aerosmith. <laughs> which of these albums by the police was released first? Synchronicity, Zenyatta Mandata, Ghost in the Machine. Come on. Zenyatta Mandata. Excellent. All right, two, four, four. In which year did you, in which year did Whitney Houston release the song "I Know Him So Well"? Eighty-seven, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Eighty-seven. As incorrect. Eighty-eight. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> two for five. In what year did you two release the album "Rattle and Hum"? You got this. Eighty-seven, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Eighty-nine. Oh, eighty-eight. Eight. 
Mm. I knew it was one of those. Okay. Because <laughs> 87, Joshua Tree, and yes. then the next year. Ah, yeah. Well. One goes into the other. All right. In 1980, the group U2 released its debut album. What was its title? I'm not even going to give you the choices. If you don't answer correctly, I will throw you off this podcast. <laughs> what year was it? 1980? Yeah, 1980. Yeah. Their first album was it called? It was October? No, boy. <laughs> I, will... I always do that. Leave it. Okay, that's it. You're off the podcast. Yeah, I'm fired. <laughs> I should, you should fire me for not for getting that wrong. <laughs> In what year did Michael Jackson release the single <laughs> Bad? 83, 85, 87. 85? No. 87. 87. <laughs> it's always my second choice. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> go with your second choice then. Which of these songs by Phil Collins was not associated with the film Buster? Against All Odds, Groovy Kind of Love, Two Hearts. Against All Odds. That is true. <laughs> See, you went with your first choice that time. Good choice. I knew I was right. All right. The song Holiday... Was released Please. by what artist? Oh, Madonna. Yes. <laughs> Please don't there get you me go. in here. Four out of ten. This was a bad... 40%. This was a bad guessing day. Oh, that's okay. Have a donut. Yeah, That'll make you feel better. Maybe it was because I had the half a donut before... My strategy works. We did this. All right, so yeah. put in that you ask me the questions next week. Okay. It's driving me crazy. Okay. All right, so I'll wrap it up. Are you ready to wrap it up? Oh, oh, time to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get out of here. Let's okay. go have some more donuts. Yes, time for donuts. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what? Uh, where can you follow us? What's you, going on? We are What Difference Does It Make, the podcast. Yes. In case you are wondering what it was you were listening to. It says, What Difference Does It Make? You can find us on on, all on uh, Twitter, WDDIM Podcast, Instagram, WDDIM Podcast, and What Difference Does It Make on Facebook. And check out our, our website. It should be up and running. Look at what Do, difference does it make? Doing something. Okay, so until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.